So the title of my uh, uh, series is called Overflow. Overflow. If you were here a few weeks ago, you begin to learn that I addressed even that kind of the angst that overflow is such a churchy word. Right? It's such a churchy word. But how many know God likes churchy words, you know? And so when God gave me the word overflow in December, I began to say, God, really? Is this what? And so as I begin to study God's word, I begin to realize that overflow is the word for our church in 2020. How many need some overflow, all right? Maybe 2019 dried you up. It sucked you up. But you're saying, I need overflow in 2020. And so as I begin to study overflow, because there's, there's no oops or accidents with God. There's no coincidences. There's no, here's an overflow. I saw it on a fortune cookie. This was a birth in prayer time. So look at all throughout God's scripture, you see overflow, overflow, overflow. So if you got your Bibles with you, take your Bibles out. If you don't have a Bible, saw a young man, first service. He didn't have a Bible. He took an Avenue Bible for free. And so I'm so honored. Maybe we gave him his first Bible, but I love that church. So make sure you have a free Bible. You want to get your phones out, your iPhone out. If you have an Android, something like that, just don't, don't even turn it on. It's just going to make you frustrated. The, the pictures are blurry, you know. Like, it's just not going to work. And so get your phones out. Get your Bibles out. I also got it on the Jumbotron behind me. And, yes, I do talk faster. Let's go. Psalms 23, and this is what it says. In Psalms 23, it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. How many have, have known this scripture, right? Kind of the New King James, right? Ye, I walk through the valley. But it says, though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What's that? That's protection. It begins to say this, that you prepare a table. Say table. You prepare a table. That was good. Bree, you did a really good job on that one. Say it again. Say table. table. All right. A table before me. Remember, I'm hard of hearing, so I need to hear you. Come on, help me out. Make me feel like I'm healed for 30 minutes. Yes, Jesus. Said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love that. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this. There's two parts here. May it be heaven on earth until I die. And then when I die, I want to be in the house of the Lord forever and ever. So let's pray over this word. But before I pray, the title of my talk today is Table Talk. Table Talk. So if you're taking notes, write it down. Put it on your phone. Facebook this thing. Check in on, on Facebook and use that check-in post as notes today. But I want to pray with you today. Is that okay? Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Father, I thank you that Psalms 23 is for us today in the year 2020. That God, I thank you that ye I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. That Father, I pray for many in this room today and you feel like you're in darkness. You feel like you're going through a tough time or, or maybe you heard some news that are, just breaks your heart. But I want to encourage every single person here today that God is with us, that he's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies, that you'll anoint our head with oil, and out of that comes the overflow. So, Father, I should speak overflow over every single person that is here today. And, God, we pray for the Green Bay Packers that they win today for my son's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Packer fans, Packers, I know, right there. I love you. Yeah, God loves you. I'm a Bears fan, so, you know, yeah, I walk through the valley. All right. Now, how many have ever seen this kind of setup before? Maybe it's at a Thanksgiving function. Maybe you go to grandpa's and grandma's house, or maybe grandkids come to your place. 
and you begin to realize that there's always how many tables? Two, right? There's the big table, and then there's the some of you are familiar, aren't you, right? right? Some of you are bitter about that. I heard that kiss table, right? Because you have to think about the kids' table. doesn't matter how old you are, you might be at the kids' table depending where you're at in the order of the lineage, right? Like firstborn's over here, secondborn's over here. Like you never know what it's like at your parents' house, your grandpa's house. And I, I personally love the kids' table because at the kids' table, I mean, you can have better conversation. You get to look at the goodness and the grace of the adults, right? Like, what do they have over there? And then it's like the older you get, right, and you're like, is this the year? Is this my year of overflow where I can sit at the big table? And then when you finally get to the big table, you begin to realize it's boring over here. I'm going to go back to the kids' table, right? The adult table is boring. I hate it. Or maybe if you're a new parent, right, and you're like, I made it to the table. And then you had a child. Then you're like, I got to go back here and feed the child. You eating? Like, what are you doing over here? Like you're sitting here feeding the kid. You're looking at, at the promised land over there. But here's what I love about David in Psalms 23. He says, God, you prepare a table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I love this as a picture of what God's table might look like. See, God's table, and you'll put it on the screen behind me, but God's table represents God's provision, God's blessing over your life. God's table says, God says, I have prepared a table before you. And so what I love about this is that I didn't do anything to earn this. God prepared this. So here's a table that I could just enjoy. I mean, we got fruit and vegetables. I do like chocolate in here. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. I want this all gone. By the end of the day, we got strawberries, right? And I'm just going to sit here and eat the entire service because it went really well first service. So I'm, my cup is overflowing in Jesus' name, all right? And so what I love about this table, that it shows God's provision and God's blessings. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But God prepared it anyways. God prepared it anyways. And some of you need to see this picture of the overflow. Of the overflow. God said, I prepare a table before you. I prepared it for you. But so many times we sit here, and I don't know whether it's, it's uh, uh, just our desire to, for control, or we say, God, this is amazing. This is incredible. God, thank you so much. This is like Sunday for many of us, right? We're like, thank you, Jesus. God is good all the time. But then the reality of Monday sits in, right? For Monday, we say, you know what, that, that's awesome, and that's great, but I, I like the kids' table. You know why? I can control it. I have control over this table. We'd be like, I want it like this. You know what I mean? I want anything I want. I mean, like this, right? That, okay. And so I, this is my table. And can I be real today? Sometimes we say, yes, God is good all the time. Yes, he prepares a table before me. But can I be real? I don't see no table. Because on Monday, I still have to make money. On Monday, my bills are still due. On Monday, I still got to go to work. I believe there's kind of an angst. Sometimes we're like, God is good all the time. And you're like, yes, he is, but I got to pay my mortgage. I got to pay bills. And then, you know what, I got plans. I got stuff I got to do for the plans that God has for me. Yes, Lord, that's amazing. But for the plans I have, what about my plans? What about what I want to do? And the more we begin to plan and the more we begin to say, you know what? I have my own life. I like to sit 
at the table of control. And bills begin to pile up. All kinds of things begin to pile up. And we say, you know what? This is fine. I got it. I got it, God. You, you can keep your fruit and vegetables. I have a life. I need control because con- control in the chaos gives me a little bit of order. Have you ever been to somebody's house like completely stressed? And they don't prepare a table for you. They're like, come over for dinner. And when you show up, their table's not even prepared. And they're like, oh, um, here you go. You're like, oh, thank you. What about that? You're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know? And what God, what I'm trying to paint a picture of today in Psalms 23, David's saying, you don't need this. Because he's already prepared that. Here's what Matthew says. Here's what Matthew says. Here's what Matthew says. Come to me, all who are weary. And burden, and I will give you rest. God is saying, come to me. Hey, come. Your worry, your burden, your stress. Can I tell you, our culture is amazing right now. And we're the most unhappiest we've ever been. That's many of us, we learned in a 10-day fast how much we don't need stuff. How much stuff really distracts us, harms us, compares us, and overwhelms us. But Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. God doesn't say, what are you doing? God says, I got a better way. I prepared a table before you, for I am gentle humble at heart, for you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What are we going to do today? You know what? We got, we got stuff to do. Okay, hear me out. I'm going to pray like it depends on God, but I'm also going to work like it depends on me. I'm not saying I'm lazy, but I'm saying, God, I, I cast my cares upon you. I cast my cares upon you. Now, what I love about this scripture is that he prepares a table for us. But I can realize if we prepare, we get overwhelmed. But what God prepares, we have overflow. You can write that down in your notes today. When we prepare... We get overwhelmed. But when God prepares, we are overflowing. So my question for you today, church, which table are you sitting at? Are you at your table or are you at God's table? Is it your way, my way, or the highway? Or is it God's way? To say, God, what do you have planned for my life? We got planned for my Monday. God began to speak to me, lead me, guide me. We have many stories. If you have a uh, fasting story, go to our website, click on the fasting button, write your own story. It was powerful to hear the stories over these past 10 days. It wasn't a couple people. It was hundreds of people watched our videos on YouTube and Facebook and commenting and sharing their story of saying, I was this, but after 10 days, I'm a little bit more of this. I'm not as overwhelmed. I'm not overflowing. I'm ready for my year. So which table are you sitting at? Now, I found it interesting. The Bible says, Psalms 23, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. If you're new with us today, I don't normally sit, all right? This is very weird for me to be back here with props and all that. But I have to paint a picture that, you know what, God's prepared a table before me in the presence of others. Nuts in here. Come on, somebody. There, he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know what that tells me? That tells me I can see the enemy. I can hear the enemy. I'm going like this. What's up? Yeah. 
Some of you love this point right here because you're like, haters become my elevators. <laughs> right? You motivate me, hater. Right, right, right. You're, you're the foot, not that, whatever. But David wanted to paint a picture of a feast before your enemies. Because when you eat before your enemies, that says, number one, you're far from the danger of death. But also, number two, you won. And the reason why we win is because of the one who set the table. Because of the one who placed the table before me in the presence of my enemies. I think we have a slide for that. That when we eat and when we feast before the enemy, it's saying I'm far from death. But you know what? That the danger of death has passed and we have won. Church, I'm here to tell you today, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. God already won the battle. The battle has been won. Listen, man, you gotta hear me out. We don't go, Jesus, bless me. We go, God, thank you for blessing me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for giving me freedom in Christ Jesus. But we stay over here. And God is saying, I, I, I prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. But you know what's interesting to me? It did not say that I can't see my enemies. It never says I can't, David didn't hear his enemies. And so I believe with all my heart, we can see and hear the enemy. That we need to have selective hearing. I know a little bit about that, okay? I'm married. We need to have selective hearing when it comes to the enemy's voice and God's voice. You know, we're trying to be intentional as a family. And so what we've started doing, we say, you know what, like, like no TV, no electronics. We're going to shut it all off. And uh, at home, you'll have a home-cooked meal. We'll sit at a dining table. My son's like, what's this table? You know what I mean? It's, like, it's a dining table, you know. So we sat at the dining table, and we're having a meal, and we've removed distractions. We've removed any outside voice from our family dinner table. You know, I was at dinner or lunch with, with a friend, and, and uh, he was bearing his heart to me. He and his wife, and uh, Pastor Lindsay was there too. And he's just bearing his heart, and he's really sharing it. I'm trying to focus and pay attention. This was a while ago. And, uh, and so I'm trying to focus. But right above his head was a TV, and on the TV had the Packer game on. And I was going, ah, I, no, I need them to lose so the Bears can advance. Come on, Jesus, right? And so I'm looking over here, and I'm sorry. I'm looking over here, and I go, I can't. Like, I, I'm totally distracted. Like, I found myself watching the game and then be like agreeing to something he said, right? I'm like, uh-huh, uh, yeah, touchdown, you know what I mean? Like, and so I turned over here and look at his wife. There's a TV screen above her. I turned to look at Pastor Lindsay. There's a TV screen down the way. I mean, I see the game everywhere I'm looking. Church, listen to me. So many of us, we are sitting at the table that God provided for us, but we're too busy looking at the enemy. We're too busy looking at the enemy. We're too busy looking at the enemy. God's saying, look at what I've provided. Look at what I have. I have a life that's more abundant, a life of overflow. But here's the thing about the enemy. The enemy 
can easily come to your table. Here's what the Bible says in, uh, Peter, in John chapter 8. It says, he, Satan, was a murderer from the very beginning. He does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he is speaking, his nat- he is speaking what is natural to him. For he is, a, he is a liar and the father of lies and half-truths. I love the Amplified Version of half-truth, but because I speak truth, you do not believe me, and you continue in your unbelief. So our enemy, the, the other scripture in 1 Peter, it says he is a, he, your adversary is the enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour, seeking to devour. Have you ever been, have you ever sitting at a restaurant and maybe somebody you don't know comes up and, and maybe you're saving a seat for somebody and they're like, hey, is this seat safe for somebody? Yeah, it is. Okay, I'm going to take it anyways, right? And then they take away your seat and you're like, what about we need that chair? This is what the enemy does. Then he pulls up a chair and goes, hey, hi, whoa, man, what's going on, Jeremy? Wow, this is amazing. This is incredible. Can I, can I have some? And he'll begin to pick up your tail. God, this is amazing. And, and he'll say, how was your week? And, then, and then hear me out. He's the father of all lives. He's good at what he does. That's a good grape. It rhymes with steak. <laughs> And he'll go, man, how was your week? Yeah, you have a good week? You know what? I don't, I don't think they appreciate you at work. How long have you been there? You haven't had a raise yet? You know what you get paid is really your value. So they don't value you that much. How's your wife doing? You know what? I don't think she appreciates you. How's it going at the church? What's going on? And the enemy will begin to lie and tell half-truths so he can pull you away from the table that's prepared before you. He knows exactly what to say. He knows Scripture as well. He'll say, you know what, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for the plans that God has for you. But you know what? You messed up those plans. You're an accident. God didn't plan you. Neither did your mama. You can laugh at that a little bit, right? Some of you are like, I'm hot. <laughs> Anyone else uncomfortable? Me, yeah. Me too. And he began to pull up a table. And here's three things I begin to see the enemy do in our life. Number one, you do whatever he can to guilt you. He'll guilt you. He'll say, you know what, you're, you're not good enough to sit at this table. You're not good enough to show your face in any church. You're not good enough to go to growth track, go, like go to growth track and make a difference? Are you kidding me? Why be a, lead a small group? Like come, he'll guilt you. He'll do whatever he can to tell you you're not good enough. And how many know we're more than good enough? We've been bought with a price. You're God's masterpiece. The, the, the second thing he'll do is he'll depress you. He'll depress you. He'll tell you, you know what? You're never going to make it. Man, you've been believing. How long have you been praying for that? It's not going to happen. Might as well quit. You know, the moment we quit, I feel like a breakthrough is right around the corner. It's right there. But I don't serve God because he gives me breakthroughs. I serve God because he's God. 
because you already prepared a table before me. I'm having a lot of fun with this today, by the way. But he'll depress you. He'll try to get you away from this table and say, man, look at this. I mean, there is no way. I mean, you can't even play catch up. You're going to be stuck. He'll depress you. The third thing he does is he'll try to isolate you. I've seen this far too often. They begin to tell you lies. You know, have you ever showed up? Pastor Jeremy's going to be so upset with you, you might as well not even show up. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Can I get an amen? But he'll isolate you. He'll say everyone's against you. No one's for you. You know, they all know what you did. So you might as well just stay at home. Don't you dare make a difference. You know, the enemy will do whatever he can to stop you from making a difference for God's praise and God's glory. But the thing is, he's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thank you, Lindsay. My wife is at my table. So I'm going to ask you today, who's sitting at your table? Who have you allowed to give you a voice and an in input in your life? Who's sitting at your table? What are you listening to? What are you hearing? That is why it's so important, so valuable to have small groups. Because you can choose the right people to sit at your table. The right people to say, you know what, I feel like quitting too, but I think together we can make it. You know what, I don't feel very valuable, but I think we can encourage one another to see God's value on our life. But here's what the Bible says in John 10.10. 10, John 10.10, 10, this is what it says. The thief comes in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And this is what Jesus said. I have come so that you may have and enjoy. So you may have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. You know what that tells me? We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. That means we have every power in the name of Jesus to say, get away from my table. You don't belong at my table. My table is reserved for my small group, for my church, for my family, for the presence of God. Because he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. So who's sitting at your table? Because church, next slide, says you can choose who sits at your table. You can choose who sits at your table. Psalms 23 we talk about 4, 5, and 6, but Psalms 23, chapter, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, that, that sounds like an overflow verse. I don't need anything because I'm already overflowing. My cup overflows. But it says here, the Lord is my shepherd. Not your pastor's God, not your mom and dad's God, but he's your shepherd. Shepherd really means guide. I love what Psalms 23, the whole entire chapter. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me. He leads me through every business deal, every proposition. He leads me through parenting children. He leads me on how to be a grandparent. He leads me in my workplace. He leads me, he leads me in every fork in the road. He leads me. He guides me. But I also love it. It says, he leaves me, he guides me, but he also, he makes me lie down. 
in green pastures. Sometimes God is saying, come on, come on. This is all good and all that, but come. I'm going to make you lie down so you can find rest. You know what overflow means in the original Greek? It means to refresh. God says, I'm going to refresh you. I prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy. I want to anoint you. I want to be your God. I want you to know God so you can find freedom, so you can discover your purpose. So you can make a difference. So I want to ask you today, who's your shepherd? Who's your guide? Who's in control of our life? And hear me out. We don't realize most of the time that the enemy's at our table. We don't realize most of the time that I'm my own shepherd. Right? Who you answer to? Nobody. I'm the boss of me. But how many know that's dangerous? This 10-day fast helped us to say, man, social media was my shepherd. Man, just my feelings were my shepherd. I don't feel like going to church or serving God today. But after having a little detox, say, God, you're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. I want to tell you this paper right here, this is for us for every single day. Every single day I wake up and I sit before God and I go, God, wow, yesterday was, was crazy. It was tough. But you know what? I'm going to feast at the table you prepare for me. I'm going to feast through my Bible reading. Maybe get on version, read a Bible plan. Every single day, just a little snippet. Maybe pray. When I pray, it nourishes my soul. It gets me ready for the day. When I give, I say, here's my tithe. Here's going over and beyond. That keeps me, that keeps me away from that table. When I serve, I say, you know what, God? I prayed. I fasted. I'm ready. God, I don't need this to get into heaven. I need this for my everyday life. And then you say, you know what? Thank you so much, Jesus. I'm going to take this with me, and I'm going to go to work. I'm going to allow you to guide me and to lead me, to direct me through every conversation, through every scenario in my life. I love the story in 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm not going to read it for just for time's sake. But long story short, the ba- there's bad guys named the Armenians. And they're going to come down to Israel, and they're going to surround the city. So they surrounded the city, and they said, we're going to conquer Israel. But in the city, there was a prophet named Elisha. And so Elisha was sleeping, but Elisha's servant came and woke him up and said, Elisha, we're, su- we're surrounded by the enemy. And Elisha woke up, and he looked around, and he started laughing, right, like a crazy old school Testament prophet. <laughs> and the servant's like, you crazy. And he said, you know what? God, open up my servant's eyes. All of a sudden, his servant's eyes were open. He began to see the bad guys all around the city. But then surrounding the bad guy was the heavenly armies. He could see angels and swords of fire. And he's going, wow, although I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. And so Elijah came out and he said, God, blind the Armenians. So God blinded them, and he said, hey, I know where the Israelites are. Follow me. I love that kind of prophet, all right? God, give me those kind of prophetic schools. I will mess with the enemy. He said, come follow me. I know where they're at. And so the army blindedly followed him into the middle of the city. And then he said, God, open their eyes. And their eyes were open. And they went, the bad guys realized once they surrounded the city, they were blindedly led to the middle of the city. And they began to realize they were surrounded by the Israelites. And you know what Elijah said to the king? The king said, do we kill him? 
Some of you would love that story, right? Thank you, Jesus. You gave my enemy on a platter. I'm going to come. No mercy. And Elisha told the king, you know what we should do? We should feed them. That was his response. He says, let's prepare a feast. God, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My enemies are right here. So I'm going to feed them. Though you slay me, I'm going to bless you. And so what he did was he said, begin to feed the enemy. So go ahead. Mr. Leading, second helpings. Come on, somebody. Grab that right there. That's chocolate, okay? Here we go, Lindsay. You want to grab, put that, yep, dice that up. Put it on a carne asada. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, grab that bread right there. Come on, bread is holy and give God all the glory. All right? And so what he did was he began to feed the enemy. And I love what the end of the story says. God, he fed them. They were full. They had a feast. And then they send them on their way. And the very last verse said, and the Armenians never attacked Israel again. There's power in the overflow. But sometimes we, as Christians, this kind of drives me crazy, okay? Sometimes as Christians, we act like we're God's gift to the lost. Right? We're like, hey, I have Jesus, you don't. So come to me. That's not how it works, folks. Because sometimes I think, and I want that all gone today. All right, everybody take everything and leave the basket today. But sometimes we forget that we were once lost too. We were in the darkness. Some of us, it was yesterday. But I love what Jesus said in Luke 22, 27. He's having communion at a table. He tells his disciples, who's greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who's at the table? They're greater than the servant. But Jesus said, but I'm among you as the one who serves. You know what happens when God prepares us a table? He anoints our head and we live in the overflow. We can't help it but to serve. We can't help it but make a difference. So will you stand with me, please? I would love to pray with you today. I'd love to sing a song just real quick with our worship team. I'm literally probably, what, 30 seconds to a minute. I want you to take time, and I want to kind of challenge you this morning. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to raise your hands during the song. Now I want you to ask God, God, which table am I sitting at? Am I at the table that overwhelms or am I at the table that overflows? Which table am I at or who's at my table? Who have I allowed in my life to tear me down? What voice am I listening to? But also the last one is, is who's your shepherd? Who's the one that's really in control of our life? Who's the one that leads us and guides us, directs us? So with every head body, eye closed, I just want to encourage you today. Just give God just a few, a few seconds, a few moments. I want to sing a song that says that I feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. The Father begins to say, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. So let's worship for just a second today. Go ahead, worship team. Go ahead, singers. It's like, God, thank you that you're my shepherd. Father, thank you that I shall not want. Thank you that you lead me through the darkest valley, but I fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me, they protect me. Father, thank you, you prepare a table.
my enemy. I thank God to fight for victory. I'm fighting for victory today. Thank you that Jesus, you're setting me free in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, sing the song with me. in the night you were betrayed and you said nevertheless let this cup pass from me he said let this cup pass from me but nevertheless let your will be done the father I'm so grateful for the reason our cup overflows because you took the cup of shame the cup of sin the penalty and the price and you died on a cross you didn't come to be served you came to serve I thank you that it's by faith through grace that we're saved. But not only saved for heaven, but God give us every single day a table before the presence of our enemies. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, and you say, Pastor, I, I feel like I have no hope, no purpose, no joy in my life. Maybe you walked in this place today, maybe it was a Hail Mary. You said, I'll give church a try. But if it doesn't work out, then forget it all. Maybe you just feel full of guilt or depressed or isolated. I'm here to tell you, you're not alone. God is with you. But I, mean, I would be so honored as your pastor to pray a prayer with you. And that prayer is not asking you to go to growth track, although I love that, or lead a small group or join our church. But the prayer I want to pray with you is the prayer to take a step with Jesus. To step out of the overwhelming table into God's table. To say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Forgive me my sins. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. Whatever head out of eye closed, if that's you today, you say, Pastor, will you pray a prayer with me? Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. We're going to do it corporately. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Up. Right back down. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Up. That's all I'm going to do. Because every yes is a hand, and every hand is a name, and every name has a story. God is rewriting your story today. 
Come on, anyone else? Put a hand up, put it right back down. Anyone else? It's amazing. I love this church. I love you. But it's all prayer, prayer together. Because I mean, no, we don't do life alone. We're not going to do this alone. So everyone say, say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. 